0: Portions of the following Somewhere in Between podcast have been briefly edited throughout this episode. Most of them were simply rookie mistakes by the producers. Welcome to the first episode of Somewhere in Between with Coach Malls
1: and the Coop.
0: Let's test. Test your mic, will you?
1: Test, test, test. We're good. We're kicking.
2: Well, it is time for our podcast. Time to listen, plop down on your ass, grab a coke or a nice cold beer, put on the Bluetooth in your wagon ear or whatever you drive. Yes, grab a coke or a nice cold beer. Coach Moles and the Coop are right here to make you laugh. Make a sing while you listen to me. Ooh, somewhere in between. And now, live from the offices of Coldwell Banker in the Denver Tech Center in Colorado, here are Coach Moles and former Denver Bronco offensive lineman,
1: Mark Cooper. Hey everybody, welcome to Colorado and uh, Caldwell Banker offices in the Denver Tech Center with Coach Moles and myself, Mark Cooper, former offensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. And Moles and I both are Coldwell Banker agents here in Denver and, uh, This is our first episode, so you are the inaugural bunch that gets to sit in with us and have a little bit of fun and have a couple giggles. Just to make sure that there's
0: no confusion here, I'm Coach Moles. This is Coop, Coop, the Coop. Um, He's always going to be dressed fancier than I am. He's got a higher level of clients, higher level level of self-esteem. He'll talk
1: down to me, condescend to me. It's a problem,
0: but uh, we'll get But it's we'll, really
1: not a problem I mean, because you've got to think about it in perspective, right? The offensive line is the smartest group on the field, and the defensive line, they just tell you, follow the ball. They're not smart enough to not eat themselves to death, <laughs> Well, fat bastard. That's a problem that some guys have, but unfor- yeah, fortunately you know, I don't have that problem. The
0: second thing is, you know, it's like trying to compare a Robin with a Bluebird. You know, this isn't a, this isn't a world, you know, nuclear science that's going on on these football fields. My dad used to say, if you want to find the dumbest bastard on campus, just go to the football office. He's in there somewhere. <laughs> so you know, I could agree. I wouldn't with be that. bragging. I wouldn't I be bragging about that. your intelligence just because you were an offensive lineman. Okay. Yeah, so? but you, you know,
1: we're going to tell some stories over the time, and I, I can. I'll, I'll go back to one. We had a we had a fullback named Goo Goo Pop Rock. And uh, he was from Naples, Florida. Like a, Great he, guy. Was he a
0: laboratory scientist?
1: And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, Gugu was the biggest, strongest, looked like Hercules. Um, and, but he could only play about six or seven plays because Coach Lou Saban had such a sophisticated offense that it, he just could only <laughs> fit in part of it. But when he fit, he was, he
0: was a badass. Did you just say Lou, Lou Saban had – Lou Saban's been dead for 35 years. He had a complicated offense.
1: Well, for Here's some thing. folks, what's not the, for what's, me.
0: What's the guy's name?
1: Gugu. Gugu Pop Rock. Gugu
0: Pop Rock. Yeah, couldn't get Lou Saban's offense. I wonder how he'd do it with Bill Belichick. <laughs> hey, Gugu, get your ass over here.
1: Yeah, no. Hey, right? That right. wouldn't happen. That would not have happened.
0: So this is our inaugural uh, episode. Yeah, we're gonna have a little fun um, doing this. Coach, uh, I think you'll get a little
1: bit of education out of it. You'll get some locker room giggles out of it. You'll get some back stories. Uh, old stories, um, and, 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 and 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 have some a little fun. Personal degradation. Uh, well, that 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 comes along with it, the show. Oh, absolutely. You <laughs> that should actually be on the banner up here somewhere. Personal degradation.
0: I really don't trust football players who are nice to everybody, and I know there's a lot of them out there these days. You know, we were listening to the Broncos, Melvin Gordon crying about his hometown Kenosha yesterday. Can you imagine? You know, 1970. I'm in 19, 1978 now. Uh, Walk in and say, you know, I can't, I can't fathom even practicing today because, you know, my hometown there was a fire, or there was a fight, or there was a riot, or anything else. I went to a high school George Washington. that was on the cover of, uh, of uh, together, you know. But I, I yeah. can't imagine sitting there and, and God bless the guy. I know we're supposed to
1: be sensitive. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, I'm sorry. What do you not get about following the instructions for a police officer? Okay, now this is gonna my father was a thirty-year retired police officer. Funny story, last night Michael and I, my son, are going over to grab a bite. And I said to him, I said, What do you what do you think about this Kenosha thing? He goes, Dad, I'm white, and when the cops pull me over, I'm yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. He says, They got guns. They're probably scared to death coming up to my car, let alone whatever color I am, it doesn't matter. He goes, I I do whatever they ask. Uh, Stay in the car, get out of the car, hands on the wheel, whatever you want. He says, I've been pulled over. I've been pulled over and not had a license. I was pulled over driving a rental car one time. He says, I I tell them exactly whatever they need, whatever they want, however they need it, told to them. He says, and because I don't want to get shot. They're nervous as as I'll get out. They've got a weapon. I don't want to get shot. Now, add color to it, and I get it. And that just could magnify it even worse. But then, when you don't listen, and then you want to wrestle, and then you want to degradate and then you want to get in a fight, then you want to reach back into your vehicle for something. I don't care what it is.
0: Yeah, that's you're going not, to get shot. It's not real smart, you know. I don't know. You know, talking living in LA for a while, and I was there during the Rodney King riots, and I had an office in downtown LA. I was there the day the riots broke out, and all the fires and all that stuff. But I talked to a couple of cops who came into downtown L.A. to pull us out, you know, me and uh, the staff in that, that office in L.A. and you know they got in the car and they were leaning out the car with guns, you know, saying, you know, you shoot? We're shooting back here, you know, type deal. And I talked to them and they said, "Listen, you know, it's not so much typically as much as for us, we're scared. We go into Compton, we hear gunfire. You know, they don't come up that. But they're scared. they're scared of the neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, and they're scared to go in the neighborhoods. Their families are scared for them. Where are you working tonight, honey? Well, I'm working in Compton. You know, you might not be the the right color of a police officer to work in Compton. It doesn't matter. So anyway.
1: Anyway, back to your point. The fact of the matter is, yeah, they're as scared as anybody else is. And then put, add, com- so I, I was on the sheriff's posse, the Rapo County Sheriff's posse. And... There, we had to go through, you had to go to the course and qualify using a handgun, right? Right. One. Two, you had to go through a shoot-no-shoot scenarios, right? So you're in a room and they've got a big screen as big as that whole wall over there and they have a film going on and it's a domestic violence. They give you four different domestic violence scenarios and you literally have your gun pulled because they want you to be prepared, right? And then they they run through shoot-no-shoot scenarios. And let me tell you what, talk about blood pressure go up uh you you know your awareness you're watching everything and you're just you're trying to figure out whether it's a shoot or no shoot scenario right and i'll tell you what you fail more than you than you pass until you've done gone through that training four or five or six times and and people need to probably see stuff like that to understand what the police go through
0: well i look i don't know that you know we can and we can get off topic here uh, after this uh, and move on i've got a Talk about some other things, but and so do you, so do you. Look, I'm talking about Melvin Melvin Gordon and the toughness of uh, you know. My father passed away. Uh, I was right there holding his hands when he passed away, and uh, it still is one of the most amazing events in my life to watch my father pass. And that's a different story, but I didn't I didn't cry, you know, and I had great love for my father, and I had great admiration for my father. He's a tremendous man. Um, but I didn't cry and somebody might say, well, then there's something wrong with you. I said, well, no, I can feel pain without crying. I've been doing it my whole touch with your inner self. Listen, I, 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 I don't know what it's like to be black in America. Um, I feel like, I, I, I was born into a fortunate situation, not because I'm white, but because I was born into a fortunate situation. I had a great father, a great mother. I didn't have a broken home. I had friends that had broken homes, and they were less fortunate and by, uh, by a lot of different colors, uh, Hispanic, uh, black. But the fact of the matter is, is that um, we, we need to have thicker skin. Yeah. We need to have thicker skin to get through this thing, and we need some tough people to step up, you know, and say this is what's going on. I like what Doc Rivers said last night when he said, you know, listen, we lose our platform by not playing the game, okay, uh, do your jobs let's do our jobs because that's the better way to do it so we'll move on from that uh i want to get into our sponsor this episode's brought to mile high aeration and our good friend florian mccann uh denver-based company love florian yeah he does a great job he's been in business since 1987 that's 37 years uh poking holes in grass and uh uh florian's done a great job he's uh kind of dominated the market over many years over many decades um and uh you know it's he's a really great great person he's got great crews great technology to do it and a lot of people in colorado don't understand is that especially with all these people moving here that we live on clay
1: Yeah. yeah it's caliche
0: yeah and uh when it rains uh and then the sun comes out and dries into a rock, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And our grass is sitting there getting strangled by this rock hard, this clay hardening, right? And people look at their lawns and go, why is, it, why is my neighbor so beautiful? Mine's, you know, mine's dying. I, I water the heck out of it. But they don't understand that the, on that hard clay, the water just runs off. And yeah. They, they don't get it. Just
1: like on a tile surface. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, every
0: home is... Uh,
1: I learned it. I learned it coming from Florida. I thought, you know, everything grew and you just watered it and it grew, but you know, I lost a few trees and then you have to go dig down around the roots and you got to dig out that caliche and you got, I mean, it's like a rust, like, just like, it's like bricks when yeah. it comes out. So I mean, you got to break that stuff up and aerate it like, uh, like flow does. Yeah. To get so the water down in there.
0: Yeah. So the whole, yeah, the holes that, the, yeah. that the aeration digs, it allows for the water to settle in there, keeps the uh, roots healthy. And you know, the best time to do it is in the spring. Uh, Before summer, before we get the long hard days that turn that into uh, hard hard clay, and you
1: need the holes to to sustain. We'd get a coupon or something out from Flo and send it out to all our clients.
0: Well, Flo said that he'd be more than happy to uh, do the job in your yard, and because he's on our show, uh, you get the same price as everybody else. (laughs) 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 I'm sure he'll do something, but uh, anyway, so. Uh, fall's coming up uh, to save your lawn through the ice-cold winter this winter. Uh, got, got to get the lawn aerated so it comes out, and it's nice and healthy in the spring next, next year when, when it all greens up. So anyway, to reach Flo McCann, Florian McCann, Flo, we call him. Uh, he's, that's his nickname. Uh, his website is milehighservices.com, milehighservices.com. Phone number is 303-778-1000 uh we're going to repeat that number i'm letting it settle in a little bit get a little pencil or something type it down on your computer uh his phone number is 303-778-1000milehighservices.com if you uh it's time september october give lauren a call you bet all right my man so uh we went through a topic uh first before we uh introduced our our sponsor um now we want to move to some of the uh some of the problems with this uh with the football world this year. A
1: lot, this is 2020, right? Well, you know, you're you you a lot closer to the Chassa thing than a lot of folks are because you literally were, have been a head coach in in the high school ranks. Uh, now all I've done is, yes. is coach you sports. So we had a whole different, we weren't had nothing to do with Chassa. So kind of enlighten folks a little bit about Chassa because they're much like the NCAA, but you know the differentials probably a little bit better than anybody because you've been putting guys in college for years so you deal with the NCAA rules because I always called you when I was getting Cameron ready um my 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 youngest to play football my oldest played basketball so I've got a little bit of of you might say experience in both of those sports getting kids in college because it's it's a full-time job I promise you if they're not four or five star guys so um Moles has been a uh, just a wealth of information for me over the years. And we'll talk about that in other podcasts and in other episodes. And we'll talk about um, maybe even, maybe we'll even do a seminar or webinar or some of those things over, the, over time and have people come in so they can understand the complexity of all this. But talk about Chassa for a second.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the things I learned uh, in my struggling NFL football career by going to four NFL teams and getting cut five times. Uh, playing in the Canadian Football League for a little bit uh, with Winnipeg, getting drafted in the first round of the Canadian Football League. Nobody ever brags about that, but that's the only thing I can brag about. I'm playing in, uh, with the Arizona Wranglers, my brother Mark, who played for the Vikings for 13 years, t- 12 and a half years, um, said, hey, I think you learned a lot more football by by playing. <laughs> Most of the time he played for one coach, Bud Grant. Right. Right? Right. And so – uh, he's right. I got to experience a lot of different different flavors uh, of coaching, and I learned a lot uh, from a lot of different coaches, and a lot of different differences between human beings. Even though seem things things seem, you know, <coughs> excuse me, all athletes are the same. So most people don't know, uh, Coop, that that Chassa. Is, is the Colorado High School Activities Association. A lot of people think of them as a governmental agency, like they're actually tied to some, the government. Right. Um, this is a membership-based private organization. And the membership, is ba- it, it, they rule because they are given permission by their membership base, the, the schools, uh, the right to enforce rules. But the rules are all made by the schools. And most of the time the rules are made by principals and athletic directors and uh, and administrators in the school districts.
1: And coaches generally have to follow that. So when they have a meeting, as per se, because I don't know a lot about them. I was going to look them up before the show, and I <coughs> didn't, didn't have the time because I was with clients and writing some contracts and working. Um, like everybody else is. I mean, people don't have time to Google every, you know, fraction of um, – Every organization to try and find out about them, but so if, when they have a meeting, or the, is it athletic directors and and the uh, school administration, or foot, or the head coaches involved? Um, because what I when I saw the announcement come out, the head of Chassa, which was a, a lady, she basically acted as if she had no uh, authority whatsoever and was going by the governor's ruling. On how many people can get together, et cetera, et cetera, of which is changing by the day. With uh, they're going to allow people in the NFL stands, they're going to start allowing some people in the baseball. They're they're going to start allowing. I think it's fifteen thousand, or they're starting to the numbers are starting to creep up, of which um, is changing again by the day. Yet she acted as if she had no authority whatsoever but to cancel the season because of the governor. So she threw it on the governor. Yeah, well, you know,
0: it was a pass the buck deal
1: um the
0: governor uh, wasn't going to oversee chassa i'm sure, certain he might have had a problem with with a uh, decision that went against his politics or his governance um but she passed the buck uh it's really really simple they they mentioned that they were going to cancel the season uh sometime in july or maybe even june uh and they got overrun with complaints by parents just Hammered, Chasso was hammered. So we're going to make a decision later. Uh, looks like we still might play in the fall. And they backed everything down.
1: And I thought they were doing that purposely so kids would not leave the state and go play in another state where they were playing football. Well,
0: that was all part of the protest. Uh, uh, the protestations of everybody had different dispositions.
1: Of which we've seen, and two of my guys are gone. They're oh, in Arizona. There are a lot of guys and gone. Others, right. You know, and that's, and okay. I couldn't agree with them more. If yeah. you have the ability, the financial ability, or the contacts or cousins or uncles, grandparents, whatever, and you can go play somewhere, go. Well, hey, you, know, you and I are both fairly conservative guys. Both
0: probably vote, vote, vote Republican, right? We're living in a very liberal state in some cases. Our governor is an extreme liberal. Right, so I don't blame anybody who leaves the state and goes to a conservative state, that <laughs> just there. Yeah. Okay. Now you take a look at uh, the the states that cancel football in the sp- in, the, in the fall and are moving it to the spring. Some of them canceled it altogether. Are all liberal states? Um, you're looking at uh, I don't know thirty some are playing football, yeah, or something like that.
1: So you know what? And what, then I don't then. blame them at all. Right. I, and they then don't, no. Not only does it put the player at a disadvantage, what about the players' rights? Do players have rights? That,
0: that, that never entered the equation. Right. And, that, and
1: that woman at Chassel was playing politics.
0: Uh, she, she's, you know, she's a typical uh, person who's a public figure, a president of an organization that looks like it's a political organization and, and uh, tied to our governance, which it's not. It's a membership organization. And she backed, down, she, uh, backed it down. And uh, she, I, I call them act niceers, cool. people who can really. Act. There's a lot of demons just floating around in there, and they can give you that act nice. And she put on a good act, but the fact is, the Chassa. You take a look at like cl- look, looking at club, for example. You know, you got club soccer, club basketball. You know,
1: the AAU We've had these
0: patients, yeah. yeah the club baseball, yeah. You can't get you can't get recruited if you're club lacrosse if you at club hockey if you're if you're not in a club you're not going to get recruited you have to be in the best club to get recruited right okay and so people say hey if you want to get recruited you need to go play for coach Schmeckelhagen over at the Schmeckelhagen tigers you know if you want to get recruited because you know your high school it's not it's not going to happen and those high school coaches uh, say, hey, it's not my job to get you recruited. But when you pay to be on a club team, which every sport in high school has except football, okay? Football, football coaches, like I mentioned, we're not, not that smart of people, okay? I hate to say it.
1: Uh, uh, speak for yourself.
0: Well, you know, I mean, there's those who aren't smart who congratulate themselves and those who aren't smart and realize it.
1: So, <laughs> you know, I could still reach over there and chop block you.
0: I'm certain you can, you know. Uh, now you'd hit my shins. Don't turn sh- your back. Now you'd hit my shins. My shins would dislodge from my knees and I wouldn't even know it. <laughs> and I'd still be sitting in the chair. So, anyway, these, you know, we, we have coaches who are scared. Scared. And by the way, this is one of the reasons why you don't hear too many high school coaches, you know, around Colorado going, God, I love that guy Mullaney. He's a
2: great guy. I love him.
0: But they don't they don't they want the protection of Chassa and they want no competition for what they're doing. And we have this traditional thing they hang on to where you gotta play football in high school. High school football is the greatest in the world. You know, we don't need other teams out there, we don't need this, we don't need that, and they're in It's all fear based. They don't even, you know, like fear. It's it sneaks up on you. It hides from you. Well, that's the thing
1: we noticed too. When none of the coaches wanted their kids training with other trainers, oh heck, organizations, um, you know, outside people, uh, professionals in running, in uh, in anything. I mean, but
0: you 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 saw it. My most recent coaching job firsthand. Uh,
1: I got asked to do.
0: Hey, ha- prove to me that you can do this better for our team by doing what you do with our team. And uh, I said, well, listen, I'm, I'm just going to take the guys who want, want it. You know, I, He said, you're going to take the best players and the hardest workers? I said, no, I'm going to show what this program is because you have to have balls the size of coconuts to do this program. And he goes, well, you know, our football – I go. Listen, I don't have anything against your, your training, but you got sixty guys, sixty five guys in the weight room. You're trying to okay. You got varsity, JV, freshman team, you know, coming you in, train them all time. the same. They're all, well, they're all doing this the same, right? I said we're going to start an elite program, and I will say anybody on this team who wants to do this elite program, here's what we're doing. We're going three days on, one day on, one day off, three days on, until we get you where you need. Okay, the previous year. Uh, that program had one kid gain over 20 pounds of mass in the off-season. We started in December. By May 1st, we had 27 kids that gained over 20 pounds of muscle mass because of the focus, because of the time, because we put extra effort in. These kids had to come to another gym. They didn't even let us hardly do it in the, in the gym because
1: we were doing it. All right. So, and they have to share that gym with the other sports. Yeah, and I'm not doing anything
0: sp- uh, special, Coop. I'm just working, and they're just working.
1: Yeah, but you work them harder than their coaches work them. And then the coaches are standing there back there jawing, or they're not even there, and the kids are jacking around in the weight room, et cetera. That's how kids get hurt in weight rooms. And we've seen it forever. Um, I've seen your training live because my son went through it. So uh, I know I know what that's about, and it's a whole it was a whole different level. But that's a commitment yeah, that kids and, have to make.
0: And, you know – the guys outside of the high school I was at—they were there to get better than everybody else in the in in, in the state. Uh, they know that recruiting is a national competition; that they're in competition with people all around the country. Um, they're not—you know—there's offensive linemen for your son who was an offensive lineman. All of the country competing against him. Yeah. Flo's son was an o- uh, offensive lineman, same year as Cam, I think. And when you go all the way across the country, you got to think about who you're. Co- i got to beat these guys everywhere. I don't even know the guy I've got to beat. Right. So what do I do? I have to create this figment of my imagination that says, this is what this guy is. You'll never figure it out because you won't figure it out until you line up across from him. So you work to the highest level that you can work. You create yourself to be the strongest athlete you can be. And if you want to be recruited, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. So that's what we do. So we're going back to the Chasta thing here. I'm going to transition it back to the Chasta thing. Um, Chassa has, has rules that uh, placate to mediocrity. Uh, they don't have any competition. You know, they're so entitled and so enabled by the football programs. They don't have anything to do with the, cl- uh, the club stuff, just the high school stuff. They have no control over women's basketball, women's soccer, women, you know, only football they have complete control of, okay? So they said no football, okay? And they said that the governor said no football. And the governor said governor's recommendation was no football. And so here we are in a state where I have coaches telling me that kid's despicable because he took off for for, whatever high school. Arizona or Chandler or or wherever. Wherever they were. So so let's see, the Broncos
1: can play, but the high schools can't play.
0: Well, yeah, those are grown men. They can make their own decisions. Well, we have grown parents. Grown men?
1: Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. All those grown they, men those grown men don't have parents, right? <laughs> those grown men That's are on right. their own. The parent at least the parents have control over their kids in well, plus, in most know, I mean, forms they're and they're fashions, paid, right?
0: They're getting paid millions, Coop. They're getting paid millions. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, the, NFL, got, the NFL is the run.
1: only uh the only uh what do you call it, uh um monopoly out there. Yeah. Chassis, is too. Yeah. Well okay, okay there you go. Football. I, I you're right. Chassis.
0: And I've been in the CHASA offices many, many times.
1: So why, why, why wouldn't the high schools just say, okay, we are no longer participating with Chassa, and
0: the do high, their own thing?
1: The high school football? Yeah.
0: Um, well, first, first of all, they have teaching jobs with a stipend. They don't want to lose their teaching job, uh, most, a lot of them. They try to get coaches that are in the building uh, teaching. Yeah, uh, as many on staff as they can. Because well, We've seen that. You
1: give a guy f- extra five grand and a whistle, and they call him a coach.
0: That's right. And they tie him down uh, in, the, in the building, and they have control over him.
1: Now, that wasn't a slight to other coaches because there's some quality coaches in this town. But I'm um, going to tell you, there's also not. But that goes into college. That goes into the NFL. And we'll get into some stories about the oh, NFL, yeah. where I had an assistant offensive line coach in Tampa who the year prior was a GA cut and film in Alabama – who the following year was our head offensive line coach and didn't know who to block. I mean, he, yeah. he, he just moved through those ranks the way they do.
0: Well, so I get – look, I want kids to have the best opportunity. And, and a lot of people say, you know, I'm, I'm motivated for the kids. If you were motivated for the kids, you'd want some competition. And you fight for the kids. You're damn right. But they can't. They can't fight for the kids over their jobs because they have their own kids, okay? They're gonna, their family, their kids, feeding them is a priority, which it should be, okay. But the fact of the matter is, Coop, these guys, uh, th- when it comes to getting fired or having their job on the line, that's why it's so important to get a guy who's in the building, you know, get him, because you've got now his teaching job. He's in, but you get a guy like me who walks in and goes, <laughs> "Excuse me, what'd right. you what'd you ask me to do?" No, ain't gonna happen i got a brain. I can think outside the school district. Well, you're going to make trouble for me. You're going to make trouble for me if you don't do these things. So at the end of the day, why don't we have club football, Coop? Why don't we have something like that?
1: Yeah, there's two dilemmas. Um, The one is that some parents would be limited because they couldn't afford it. Um, and that was an inter- that's an interesting concept to have a conversation about because we had, we had a travel team and, and the head coach, Kenny would spend literally 60,000 a year, plus or minus, if you added up the flights and the rooms and, and the equipment and getting kids back and forth and the vans and the shuttles, and and the food and everything that went with it. I know I know we're every not, I know every uh, whatever the not name of the crowd. You're not talking about uh, club football. No, no. no on, well, on that, that was kind of a, you might call that 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 was a form of club football. I'm talking
0: about the club football in Colorado. No, where I get, you don't travel like that. Yeah, no, no. I get yeah. that.
1: I get that. But that was a version of club football at an AYL level, right? Yeah. And and not AYL. And I've had guys walk up to me. Oh, you coach with him? And you guys? He just tried to destroy AYL. I'm like, try to destroy AYL. Wait. A.Y.L., I coached it for two years and, and said, this is not for me because I would have guys come on my team that didn't want to play. Their parents wanted them to play. I didn't, yeah. and, and you have a certain group of kids, you, you was your core, and then they flood you with all these other guys, and they didn't want to play. There's nothing more difficult to do than coach a kid that doesn't want to be coached or coach a kid that doesn't really want to even play. And then you have to script them in for, well, I figure it was 13 or 15 plays, um, et cetera, during a game. And, and still try and win football games because you're competitive, not just there to go through the motion. So um, that was a little bit of a, well, a, yeah, an issue. You, that, so that should stay – maybe that should stay at the AFC level. You know what I mean? And, and there's a – that's like a farm league of the, of the NFC level, you right. know, et cetera. So, I mean, that, that whole thing could be restructured and fixed easily for the kids that well, really don't yeah. want to play. Right? Well, look, let me ask you, I mean, what you're, what you're saying is feeding
0: into the, the next topic – Um, and, uh, you know, when I talk about club football, I'm talking about kids who really want to play, um, outside of their high schools, kids who want to get recruited, who aren't chastised for wanting to be recruited, uh, kids who might transfer from a high school because the high school is quite honestly, traditionally horse crap, you know, um, yeah, we're three and 30 over the last... Five years, you know, and
1: and make the playoffs.
0: And they, yeah, and the the thing is state, that these crazy. guys that live in these schools, they want they want to go to their local school, but they may not want to play for their local football program. And they're locked, they're locked in. They can, oh, we have a school of choice. Yeah, you got to choose before your ninth grade year, and then you're stuck there, or you get punished year after year after year. You know what? Take your punishment and put it right where the sun doesn't shine, because I'm going to play club. You're not going to punish me. The, the girls that are playing volleyball for those other teams, the girls that are playing, the guys who are playing lacrosse, guys who are playing, did, doing all these club teams on every single other sport, they don't live under the threat of not being able to play the next year. And, you know, you might have a great coach, but he, he maybe he's a 2A or 3A and he gets a 5A job because he's a tremendous coach. He's gone. Now what do you got? You got some guy who walks in there who's a booger-picking moron, you know, and you just screwed up your entire
1: life. You know,
0: as it relates to being wanting, wanting to be crew, Right, uh, then you recruited. leave and you have to sit out of here. Yeah,
1: that's right. So Or, or know, half the season, I forget. All the different little innuendos with those rules.
0: Okay, so then we do something. You and I do something. Okay. okay. And we go out and uh, we get a parent like, uh, like our, our, our friend Doug. He comes in and says, listen, you know, our guys are sitting at home alone, man. And they're bored to tears, Right. And these kids are bored to tears, right, especially the guys who have strong desire to play. These guys live out there. They're sitting at home right now, and he calls he says, Hey, Moles, you think that you and Coop could do something with these guys? So we go over to a park, and we we start working them, right? And they're coming once a week, and uh, they're having I talked to a guy who coaches over at uh, Mullen High School, and he's like, I'm going to send all my guys over there. He didn't send one. You know, uh, it was all talk, uh, typ- typical stuff. You know, because I can, I control, but these kids never really found out about it. So the next topic is, what can we do? What can you and I do? What can other people
1: do? Well, for we these have kids? we have done it. I mean, we've done it. Um, Let's talk about the future, though. Let's say say what we we've done, and then well well you've done you do. I mean, I've participated in some of your camps that you put together with other coaches, and I've learned a lot, like Brady. Brady is one of the smartest offensive line guys I know next to you. And I won't – by the way, I will not compliment him very much, but when I do, um, it hurts. But, no, literally, I, I learned a lot from Brady. Remember, guy.
0: he has to look himself in the mirror Brady every Wall, day.
1: Brady Walls and, and and most can coach every position, and he's really good at it. And, and, I, and I don't say that about anybody. I told him he should be in the pros. Um, and everybody's going to go, yeah, right, whatever. But you you, should if be. you don't, if you don't, if you've never played to the pro level and you didn't, I mean, you've never been coached to the pro level. I would challenge you to challenge me because you would look stupid. But all I'm saying is, I've never been around a guy as smart as him, and we've done some great seven on seven clinics. And I'm not a seven on seven guy, so we did. We added a, a lineman challenge to that, and uh, ended up over at the Broncos facility, and the kids had a blast, and they competed hard. And you had some whiny coaches to go with that um, oh, yeah. to boot, right, which was kind of comical. And we just – you know, you just stick your foot in the ground and say this is what it is and it's over and, and go home or don't come back next year, right? But yeah. – because that's just the way they are. And, and, well, but, I, you know, know, I'm okay with that because they're competitive too. They want to win, but then they start rigging it and everything. Right. you know how that works. But anyway, we've had a lot of fun doing that. And then uh, uh, we've done offensive and defensive line camps for years, most recently just in a park um, when we probably shouldn't have been. And, um, but the kids, you know, it was so fun. The kids got better. I mean, they got better and then they'd have an off week and they'd get a little disappointed and we'd have conversations with them and we'd go through film and tell them where their feet and their hand placement wasn't. And, and then, and then, and then seeing them just literally get better and better and better. And then I finished off with a couple kids. Um, when you, when you, when you couldn't come out a couple nights and a handful of nights and, and we'll have that conversation about COVID and stuff like that too, even during that scenario. But, Watching these guys get literally get better, and then so I'm I'm having a conversation with Cameron who's at UTEP, and we go through his film. That's uh, Cameron. That's uh, Cameron's son. Cameron yeah. Cooper at UTEP. My son. He plays offensive. He's a right tackle there. So w- w- what was funny is he goes. He I go. We're talking about the the guy he's going against and and where he's lined up at. And the same conversations we have during our camps, right? And he goes, Dad, you know it's interesting. These guys. Got, these guys. None of them throw their hips like Moles teaches. He says so they're not even as hard to block as Jackson. On they're just they're just heavier. Some of them are faster. Some of them play lower. I mean that's just the norm, right? We get you get every yep. every size of guy, right? From the from the squatty body to the long guy to the hand slapper to all, all that stuff that we talk about with these guys, and knowing who you're going up against, you know, and watching the film against who you're going up against. So it was funny that he goes, yeah, these get none of these guys throw their hips, so they're very predictable and they don't do the stuff that Moles was teaching the young guys. You know what I mean? So that's a compliment to you offhanded, obviously. But um, it's just funny. It's just the coaching scenario throughout football. Um,
0: well, it's tough. sometimes it's tough on, on the high schools. Like I mentioned, Chassa uh, over-regulates everything. Anything regulated is over- over-regulated yeah, to right. me. You know, and what they do is they limit practice times, times you can get yeah. together. And they've been cutting it back for the last – Ten years, cutting back, cutting back time that you can spend yeah. with kids. So you know, during the season, you might get t- you get two weeks of preseason, right? You yeah. Know?
1: And uh, you get. It's really you, not you enough got... time to coach kids, really, and then spend the time in the classroom, and then be able to go through film and watch their steps and have it it's, in slow motion for every it's guy. It's impossible. Right. Dude. That's what that's. What I mean. couldn't do what I do
0: for kids if I had to do it in high school. Right. You know, uh, and I know that they're lying when they say they can. not I know they're lying. Because they, they're restricted in time. They can't well, keep up. They you've can't been keep, there. They can't, they can't keep up. I couldn't keep up with the guy outside of my building. And I encouraged my players, do as much work as you can get and learn yeah. as much about the game as you can get. Yeah. You know, you get maybe 10 minutes of, at the last high uh, school coach, Dad, we, we did five minutes of individual time or 10 minutes And the coach would sit there and huddle up, you know, and get all of his guys, and he'd talk for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then say, okay, go teach him. you got five minutes. And then the game would come around and go, not very good. You go, yeah, that's because you're over there blabbing all the time. And then, you know, most of the times, you know, probably rightfully so, sometimes I get called a a big mouth who talks too much. You know, but I'm going to tell you something. I've had my individual time with with players just – Absolutely robbed from me because they got these scheme things because they're these brilliant scheme guys. I'm going to do my brilliant scheme thing. Hey, dude, if you can't play, your fucking scheme ain't going to work. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah. So, and so they don't really teach them, you know, and and, they, and yep. the kids are thirsty for, for, for teaching. My deal is we got a whole fall here. These kids are going back to play football in February
1: in Colorado. Well, maybe I ought to crank it. up another uh, O line and D line camp.
0: We, we absolutely need to. Uh, and maybe, you know, we'll talk to some parents and some things. Our next podcast is going to be live with some parents sitting in the room. Um, but I want to help the kids that are sitting at home. And I think the high school football coaches should want to do that too. But they, they can't. They're restricted in what they do.
1: So let's talk about Chassa, go back to Chassa again. What did Chassa say that these coaches can do with these kids between now and spring? Well... Has there been, a, has there been any... <laughs> Word on
0: that? I'm not sure how much all of it's going, going to come down to, but it's basically the rules of spring. You know, you're, uh, there's no sports that they have to play, but uh, they're not going to be able to practice in pads. They're not going to be able to do anything that they should be doing uh, where these guys can keep engaged and keep interested in what they're doing. So they're, they're right now I know that they have – they just started school. I know a lot of guys were, were going three days a week, uh, no pads, just working with their guys, uh, continuing their practices. And some of them, I said, "Is that what Chassa says you can do?" This Chassa hasn't really said what we can do, so we just kept going because we were doing that all summer long. Right. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen now that uh, now that high school has started. Yeah, I, but it's a
1: it's a the, two day a week deal.
0: Yeah, it's 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 basically a two day a week deal, and you know, I mean, it's time. I you know I mean I don't I'm not sure I know that the, the weight rooms getting kids in the weight rooms are a problem yeah. and
1: so if your kid if your kid's a junior you're in trouble why oh recruiting is, is explain it is, explain it I, I know it because I lived it
2: I well, had a six three one ninety
1: five tight end as a son who I knew was not going to be a tight end and no one looked at him. He could catch, he could run, he was, but he was not a Gronkowski or a, a college D1 level tight end. And we knew that because he was my guy. And he, he was a late bloomer just like my first one. So he goes into his senior year. You and I are having conversation after conversation. He's training with you and your your group and doing the things that, that, that got him bigger. So he, he's a 6'6", 240 guy in his senior year. Right, and he looked mm-hmm. like he was two sixty, um, and we were working him towards that 260-270 mark with just eating like crazy. Right, working and at, training, yeah, yeah working eating and training, and, training, training yeah. and, and outside of the foo- outside of his program, outside of Grandview, and I love Coach Schultz, and I love those what those guys did, but um, they they just coach football. So yeah, getting so, him, so I had to wait until the, about the fifth game. You and I are having these conversations. I'm having to wait till the fifth game. Now this is your kids as junior guys. I'm waiting till the fifth game as he's going into his senior year because his junior year, his was, blown, year. Just was blown, He
0: was blown. He was in his senior year. So
1: we're year. in our senior year. I'm sorry. Around the fourth or fifth game, I'm cutting film like crazy. I'm trying to pull everything, little things I can pull out. Now, Granby is a running football team, right? They don't pass pro a lot. So we had some delicate issues where I, he had some sets, and I would tell him to set my way. In the game and set their way in practice, so I could get some looks. If you remember right. those yeah. conversations, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're saying, Coop, you got to have some pass pro set looks, yep. Right, and we're talking to Cameron, and we're you and know Everything is hard set, right, right. Everything's hard set, place set. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we're doing some improvisa- improvisa- improvisation, if that's the word, um, to get what we need film wise, so I can start sending film out, right. So then I go through every NCAA division one football team and when we pulled down and we'll talk about this later I won't go into this right now but anyway to but to get him in front of coaches um it was a full-time job and 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 you coached me up on it and the reason you coached me up on it was because I had had a former career and I could add that into this conversation and I got a lot of reception from it
0: yeah so look but
1: but the juniors are in trouble you, you asked me a question the juniors are in trouble because if they're, if they're, they're not going to be seen till spring, right? Then they're going to turn right back around and play, hopefully, the following fall, right? And if they're not on the radar, they're late to the dance. That's right. So,
0: look, everybody's got a problem right now in recruiting, all the way down to freshman level. But, look, this is what I, you might recall that I told you. And this is what I tell every kid, this is what I tell every parent, and this is what I tell every coach. And this is why. First of all, I was a late bloomer. When I was a sophomore in high school, all the way through my sophomore year, I was five seven, 180 pounds. I was fat, I couldn't do a push-up. I didn't have a single hair on my body until halfway through my junior year of high school. And uh, I blossomed by the time I graduated high school. I was about six four and I weighed about 220 pounds and I got an opportunity to play because of how I blossomed. You know, I grew. And everybody has a different time frame on yes. this thing, okay? If you have the basics and you train it right, and you have the, the fundamental body type to do this thing, and you train it right, every single kid has his now moment. The problem is your son had his now moment in his senior year in high school. Okay. Now let's go, Coop. You know, I could have told you when you was a junior, hey, start calling. But you can't sell bananas to somebody who's buying apples and can't stand eating bananas.
1: Yep. And a lot of people actually though to turn. You you said it flat out. If you sell him too early, you he's he's been sold. He's 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 sold out. He's done. You're not going to get their attention again.
0: And you know, there's college coaches that say, hey, listen, you. We're recruiting guys that are freshmen, sophomores. You know, we're doing this kind of thing. You're, if your son's a late bloomer, you, Alabama and Ohio State and these kind of schools are probably out for your son if he's a late bloomer. Right. Um, especially with the number of kids that, that, you know, that blossom, you know, their freshman, sophomore years. Or even in the eighth grade, I see these guys with beards, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, so the thing is having the patience to, to, for the now moment when he will get recruited. You don't want to show bad film to a coach. You know, I've I've I did we used to work with the I used to work with the uh, uh, Alemateo at the All Poly uh, camp in Utah until they did that rule about satellite camps, that kind of killed his business. But every year for a de- decade and a half, the All Poly camp was one of the best recruited camps. Yeah, and you took in, tons
1: of kids from Colorado
0: there. Oh yeah, and it was a great place to be recruited. Yeah, Flo went with you. Yeah, Flow Flow actually that's where he had his stepping out party. Right. Right. So you know.
1: Uh, that was his now moment, yeah. And right, because uh, he, he was a, as a junior, he was like six, what, four, two seventy or two eighty, Um as an offensive lineman, right?
0: Flo's bathtub used to scream when he got into it. He was such a mess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, vaseline to pop in and to pop uh, out. Yeah,
0: when he was a freshman, man, I, I, he came into our program. I had him do three push-ups he got two and a half and then fell to the floor and rolled around and grabbed his arms and, ah. and now he's a big brute badass that now moment is so important for parents is parents to keep their eye on uh Coop. but the
1: parents uh, let's talk about parents for just a second they don't really know they think they know but they really don't know oh no and they hate the truth well you know the, the early fat, on the until, fat, until the now moment gets there they really don't like the truth
0: well they get the they get to the, the truth in the kindest way from coaches because it's part of their contract. College coaches are like, Yeah, we saw the film of your kid and we really like your kid. Nice kid, good looking kid on the football field. Good player. Good player. Yeah, we got him on our you know, we got him on our watch list, you know. Every kid's on their watch list. They Is don't that, lie about it.
1: That's called the uh what would you call that? That's called the um
0: that's called what's just your what's just
1: your normal old response. I mean, that's just your coach. Coach, is that is that your, is that your, your, your hand? Good, your blanky, your blanky speech, right? Yeah, it's kind of like
0: dancing with somebody, when, and you feel their hand coming around your butt side to grab your wallet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that is. And you know,
1: and we'll have that conversation about the two colleges yeah. in the, in a few other episodes. And yeah. let me tell you, that's interesting.
0: Well, it, it's all act nicers. See, these guys have to act nice and. They don't help guys like me who have to deal with a parent. So they go, yeah, the coach said he really liked my son, and he really did this, and he really did that. And I said, did he offer your son? He said, no. I said, check, the, check uh, their website, and you'll see that, you know, this week probably three or four guys got offered by that college and by that coach. And so that's what I would call really liking a son. Right. You, he let leave the field. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, he, he, he comes up to me and he says uh, – coach malls he puts his arm around me at the uh, all poly camp which is where i was going with that story you know you know 26 kids in that camp right and all the parents are on the sideline and then you know uh, a lot of the other coaches at the time uh bobo was a coach uh prior to bobo was steve fairchild uh you got all these other coaches coming up i've got uh fire and the cu staff and i got all these different guys coming up steve sarkeesian from Relationship with a lot of these guys, and they're like, "Well, why don't you show them my son?" He, he lo- I said, "Well, that's why they love me, because I don't show kids like your son. I know your kid can't play for them, and they trust me. Kids like your son, to Jim Harbaugh, he'd say, "This guy's crazy." Right, and that's what a lot of people do. Right, they they send. Yeah, my job is to know what they're where they can play and put them in a the place they can play. I can make promises to a kid that looking at you, I know I'm going to be able to help you. But don't be thinking that you're going to be playing in the Rose Bowl on, in the college football playoff, or that you're going to. You've got a max here. You you actually have a max. I mean, you're full bearded. You're only
1: 14,
0: much taller. Um, and looking at your family, uh, this thing's going to. This thing with your son. Your son, you know, blossomed to six six, and you know, became a 260-pound. I got those calls.
1: Yeah, I got it. I got it. Tell you a funny story. We're down in uh, the Lobos, and we're—he's going in to be. You know, they—they they put you on the height. The, they check your height and your weight, right? And he had these sweats on. And I handed him my phone and a, a battery, and I had him wearing ankle weights. Just so to get him to the two sixty mark. So it, yeah. Was, yeah, it well, was hysterical because I was praying they were, gonna, people. they were going to tell him to pull you know, getting into his shorts, right? He, yeah, he everybody's the out there going,
0: Okay, so Coop's the scurvy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't do that with my kids. <laughs>
1: But look at him now. He's 280, No, no, he's two ninety right now. He's two ninety. He's, he's on his way into the three hundreds. No he's, question about it. He's a mom. we knew and we knew. But you and I know that. You know what I mean. And, and a lot of the coaches actually know that. Actually, the head co- the offensive line coach said, "Hey, reminds me just like me. Um, he's a kid. We're going to redshirt. We're going to build on him, and we're going to get guys like him. And uh, that's how we're going to build a program. We're going to come in. We're going to find the right guys. We're going to build this offensive line." And we're going to try and keep you know, uh, supplementing it with guys like your guy that we know we can get another year out of and build, build a program with guys like them. And I, I tell Mike Simmons all the time, Coach Mike Simmons, down at UTEP, I said, you know, you're, you're putting the building blocks in place to win football games by, you know, building that offensive line like you are. So it's well, going to be fun to watch. Yeah, you can't, you can't play this
0: game and win without a solid – Uh, We're uh, starting to run out of time here at Coop. Just to to let you know, um, Coop's been involved with middle school football and high school football camps for a long time. Um, You know, my organization, Team Attack Academy, we we had contracts with 14 NFL teams uh, to do military and high school player development camps, um, mostly because uh, of our reputation, and our reputation was built by coaches like you. You know, I mean, this was, you know, we (laughs) – I wasn't even an employee of my own company. Everybody was a contracted employee, and uh, you donated a lot of time to our to our organization without getting paid. Uh, you mentioned Brady Walls, also one of the original uh, guys with our with our company, and Brady's a brilliant coach out of Ankeny High School in Iowa. Now, He's brilliant. got his own podcast called uh, Run the Power. If you ever want to hear it, it's yeah, you'll enjoy top, it. It's one of the top uh, podcasts out there on football. Uh, but building this organization was built around. The, uh, I ended up contracting over 350 coaches nationwide to help me. Good guys. I mean, good people that worked hard. Uh, high school coaches that really loved the game that wanted to get out in the winter, in the summertime, and get out into camps and work hard. Uh, work with an organization, work with National Football Academies, which was the Darren Slack Quarterback Academy, those kinds of people, yep. and, and partnered up with them, so we can get some things done. Uh, and I don't know, we've run probably well over hundreds of camps, uh, seen well over 2,000 uh, players go to go to college over the last 13 years on college scholarship uh, playing football, and we're here. You know, we're here to help. You know, I want to help these guys, uh, Coop, that are stuck at home. This is a depressing time. Uh, the signing date is coming, December twenty third to twenty second, and, and the, the first signing date. Guys, don't don't fret. If you can play, you can still go, but you got to get out. Maybe Coop and I can set something apart or talk to some parents or something to put something together where you can have some film this fall. Uh, but you're not going to sign probably in December if you haven't if you don't have a national letter of intent coming before then anyway. Uh, but there's another signing date. You can t- you can sign. Uh, uh, February the first Wednesday of February every year is the official signing date. Um, there's an early signing date in December.
1: Official signing dates the first uh, uh, first Wednesday. So how do you how do you let's talk about the logistics of that? I mean, I know we're running short on time. How much how much more do we want to go this time, and then maybe that becomes a topic well, we can, of we the can, next. We
0: can we can you we can know go. you know the, the other time. So when I did this program, you know, when I did this uh, in my company, if a kid came in in the eighth grade and he stayed with me through senior, they, most kids stay with me through their sophomore year in college. There's some I've worked through through the summertime.
1: Yeah, uh, Cameron comes back; he comes yeah. right back to doing what we do.
0: Yeah, so you know, uh, you know, it cost a family right around an average of like five thousand dollars over that entire period of time. From, cheap.
1: That's so cheap.
0: From uh, eighth, but that's not. Why we're doing this. We're, right. we're real estate agents, right? Yeah. You know, at Caldwell Banker, that's what I did. I closed my company last September after 40 years of coaching uh, high school football. Um, got a, a sick son at home. I couldn't travel around the country anymore. A uh, son that, uh, that's recovering from cancer. I had to uh, position myself at home. I got myself a real estate because I couldn't just I couldn't make a living doing the business that I was doing in Colorado, especially with the number of guys here that have coached against me in the high schools I've coached at. Who have a They particular- don't want
1: their kids coached by anybody else, which I think is a travesty because they don't have time. They're limited by Chassa. Um, they can't, yet they don't want anybody else touching them, and that's why you see all these speed camp, training camps, uh, weight camps, um, and groups popping up that are doing that on the side and then uh, you know trying to take credit for all the kids that go through – that have already had offers and go elsewhere. It's just kind of comical. Uh, we won't even get into names, but, um, it, it's, it's, it's sad.
0: Well, you know, the, at the end of the day, I, I had to I cl- shut my business down in, uh, September, uh, and got a real estate license. Yeah. Uh, came to work for Colville banker, uh, working on the same, uh, in the same company as you are. We're in the Coldwell banker offices. That's what we do for a living. And, uh, you know we want to help help uh, kids I'm going to try and do a lot of the same things basically f- uh, for no charge with the hope that we uh spread the good word because I still do have a six son at home and uh, I've got a you know a family like everybody else does I have to make a living people should uh you know should look us up if they are if they have anything going with uh in, you know
1: in real yeah we've um you know I've been doing it twenty eight years and and just love Colorado I left the Broncos and played in tampa for three years came back here and um got into real estate and ever since it's been you know a wonderful town great bronco fans um you know great customers clients you name it um getting home sold and finding their dream home you know you don't always find the a house you're always looking you know everybody wants the a house but i'm not sure i've ever sold an a house it's always been probably a b plus or a b minus because every house even when you build a custom home i've had clients build custom homes oh, and they, yeah. You know, deep, a month they're in, they're like, well, you know, if I'd have done that room a little bit differently, yeah. and if I'd have pushed that wall over there, and if I would have, you know, so it's kind of comical. You know, you watch HGTV, and this is kind of a funny one. I'll have a customer come in from out of state, and they're like, oh, God, we really love HGTV, and we watch it all the time. I'm like, oh, my God, I love that show. Perfect, because you guys know what the drill is then, right? And they'll go, no, well, no, what? And I'll go, I only have to show you three houses, and you have to buy laughing They're like well whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute wait a minute three houses i'm like because that's what they do on hgtv oh, yeah, right yeah. so i just we start laughing about it and i go no nah, no nah, nah, we're gonna open up a portal we're gonna show you properties we're gonna get you orientated before you even get into town or even before you get out on the street you know once we get you pre-approved uh, pre-qualified and under uh, pre-approved depending on the lender and then we're gonna get you uh out and find the right house and after we get you out and see a few houses i'm gonna have a bunch of options and or uh you know other areas and or like and kind properties that I've sold over the years, you know, around the metro that might be an alternative for you, depending on where you work and your drive time and all the things that go into finding the right place.
0: Right now, Coop's showing off because he knows I, I can't talk about all that because I got my <laughs> license just a year ago. Oh, no, you, you know anyway, what? We're going to leave a phone number. There you uh, go. Uh, Coop, what's the best phone number for Yeah,
1: 303-843-1545 for me. I've um, got a full-time assistant. She's awesome. Again, uh, 303-843-1545. But, you know, you can Google my name. You can Google your name. They can Google us on uh, and find us on the web and uh, certainly get in touch.
0: Well, I, you can call me, 720-722-1559. That's Coach Moles. You can talk to me about anything related to football or houses or whatever. I don't have an assistant, so you'll be able to talk to me. I'm not out. You know, you, you don't have to climb any layers to be my friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's coach moles at gmail.com is the email address i got an email address from mark at mark at come to colorado.com
1: with a number two in the middle and with a come number two number two in colorado.com
0: mine's easy coach moles at gmail.com 720-722-1559 he's uh, mark is a is a tremendous resource and a, a, and a brilliant guy when it comes to real estate i'm a lot more fun Hey, you know those
1: defensive linemen—they're always bragging about something they didn't do. Ah, uh, well, you know,
0: offensive linemen think they're awesome because defensive linemen only have to do—you know like get fifteen sacks a year, and that's it. And they're oh, all a game. pro. One a game.
1: Yeah. Who can't get one a game? Yeah, well, here's, one a game, and they're in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and here, here,
0: here are Jesus. these guys. These big 60, 70 Here plays. These guys are these big 60, fat 70 bastards.
1: Plays. Big one sack.
0: Big wow. Fat, these big fat bastards. Well, all they, all they have to do, all they have to do, is stop a guy for two <laughs> and a half we seconds. Done. Stop a guy for two and a half seconds. <laughs> hey, can you get your big ass in front of a guy for oh. two and a half seconds? and a little sure tougher she... than you think.
1: <laughs> back it up, <laughs> yeah,
0: especially when you're fat and you're stupid. All right, so we'll move on. Been a great show. Uh,
1: number one down,
0: one one in a row. Episode number one down, and we will look back <laughs> on this
1: and go. <laughs> you guys are horrible
0: holy shit and you know what the best part of the whole damn thing is our is our weekend song which
2: we're going to
0: be out yeah.
2: well it is time for our podcast time to listen flop down on your ass and grab a cocoa cold beer, put on the blue tooth in your Wagoneer, or whatever you drive, he has grab a Coke or a nice cold beer, Coach Moles and the Cooper are right here to make you laugh, make us see while you listen. Somewhere in between.